my name's James and it's great to be with you today. We're going to be talking about our relationship and walk with God. Life is certainly different at the moment. My hope and prayer is that as we look at God's word, he will speak to you, maybe even challenge you, and that you would draw closer to Jesus. Whether you've been a Christian for many years or are just exploring Christian faith for the first time. I believe how we journey with Jesus and bring him into each and every aspect of our lives is crucial. Jesus wants us to flourish, to experience fruit and blessing with him, and also for us to bring fruit and blessing to others. We're gonna dig into God's word, the Bible. Today, we're looking at John 15, verses one to 17. If you have a Bible, why not grab it or switch on your device? If you're not sure how to find John's gospel, have a look at the front of your Bible and there'll be a list of books. John is found in the New Testament and is the fourth book. Otherwise, why not Google it? I have four points to share with you today. Firstly, we are called to grow. We are called to grow. Let's look at John chapter 15, starting at verse one. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Have you ever been to a vineyard or grown grapes? To get the best fruit from a vine, the gardener spends time pruning and tending to the vine. The largest grape vine in the world is found at Hampton Court Palace. A man called Capability Brown directed the planting of the grapevine in 1768. From a small cutting, by 1887, it was already 1.2 metres around the base, around four foot. It is now four metres around the base, 13 foot. And the longest rod stretches out 36.5 metres. This is a big grapevine that gives lots of fruit. But it doesn't happen by accident, friends. It is looked after and managed by a group of gardeners, carefully pruning takes place. The best crop of grapes was in 2001 and it weighed 383 kilograms. That's 845 pounds of fruit. That's a lot of fruit. The nearest I've come to growing something like this was tomatoes in the summer. I watered them. I pinched out unnecessary growth to help the tomatoes grow strong and healthy. It took time and it took discipline. When I spent some time on, on it, the crop was good. But when I got distracted by other things, less fruit came. 
In the same way, we're being called in this passage to grow deeper with Jesus and allow him to direct our lives. What areas of your life do you need to allow God, the gardener, to prune? As I've been preparing, I've been challenged myself. What gets in the way of my life producing more fruit for Jesus? I want to ask you a question. How are you doing with Jesus? How are you doing with Jesus? Let's spend a minute reflecting on this question, whether you've known Jesus 50 years or just found him for the first time. How are you doing with Jesus? As I've reflected, I believe there are areas of our lives that can distract us from keeping Jesus at the centre of our lives and in turn stopping us flourishing and growing good fruit. So what might the distractions be? Is it YouTube, Netflix, gaming, reading, sport, cars, looking for a bigger house, surfing the internet, gardening, wanting to go on holiday, continually watching the news, your health? family, relationships, worrying about others. What is getting in the way of you growing? Friends, bring it to Jesus. None of those things that I shared in themselves are bad, but they can distract us or take a place in our lives that they shouldn't. Perhaps there is sin, stuff that is not God's best that is getting in the way. Come to Jesus and repent of it. Turn away from these things. Galatians 2 verse 20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This was how Susanna Wesley defined sin to her young son. Whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, and takes off the relish of spiritual things. That to you is sin. Allow God to speak to you. He wants you to flourish and grow in friendship with him. An important way we can develop our faith is reading God's word, the Bible. At the moment, I've started taking vitamins. My family got them for me, especially during the pandemic. It helps my physical health and it also keeps them happy. The Bible contains the vitamins for a healthy soul. If we spend time in God's word, allow God's word to nourish your soul. Some of you watching may know the Bible really well, but not know Jesus. My prayer is that you don't just know the book of the Lord, but that you know the Lord of the book. Jesus is interested in you, friends. He loves you and longs for you to draw closer to him. There was a little, there was a dad chatting to his son. The small child proudly said to him, I know what the Bible means. His dad smiled and said, what do you mean? The son said, I know. Okay, son, what does it mean? That's easy, daddy. It stands for basic information before leaving earth. 
The Bible, friends, is a manual for living life well. God's inspired word to us today. Invest time in reading it. And if you don't like reading, listen to it. There are apps you can download or CDs you can purchase. You may be saying to yourself, James, you don't understand. I'm so busy homeschooling, caring for family and neighbours. I get that. I struggle at times. But every day, friends, we have 86,000 seconds to use. How do we invest them? Every day, those seconds and minutes that we fail to invest to a good purpose are ruled out and we can't carry them over. Let's use our 86,000 seconds wisely. Let's use some of them to go deeper with Jesus in reading his word. During lockdown, you may be finding it hard to focus, to see God in the situation you're in. I encourage you, pick up the Bible, turn on your Bible app. However tough life is, I promise the Bible will speak to you. If you are struggling, why not read some of the Psalms? At some points, the writers are on cloud nine. At other points, they're in the pits of despair. But they come and they worship God. Allow God to speak to you through his words. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Friends, you may need determination to change the way you do life. Allow God to prune away the things that distract you and dig into the things that help you draw closer to him. At the beginning of last year, we went on a family walk and walked up Beacon Hill near Chequers. It was a very steep hill, a mountain for me at the time, as I was overweight and unfit. But I was determined to make it up that hill. I was encouraged by my family. The view was amazing when we got up there. Allow those around you to be encouragers and mentors. If we're not willing to climb the mountain, then we will not see the view. We will not see growth. Friends, remember as followers of Jesus, we are called to grow. Secondly, we're called to remain. In verse nine, we read this. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My daughter Sophie knows I love her, but for her to see it in action, it means me spending time with her. This week I spent time watching YouTube influencers on holiday. It was great spending time with Sophie. She sees my love because I am giving her time. It looks like something. As her dad, I want to spend time with her. Friends, we're called to remain in Jesus's love. Jesus loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He doesn't want you distracted. Do you, do I give Jesus time to speak to us? In Jesus, we have a love that can never be fathomed, a life that can never die, a righteousness that can never be tarnished, a peace that can never be understood, a rest that can never be disturbed, a joy that can never be diminished, a hope that can never be disappointed, a glory that can never be clouded, a light that can never be darkened, a purity that can never be defiled, a beauty that can never be marred, a wisdom that can never be baffled, resources that can never be exhausted. Friends, 
I believe prayer is so important for us to stay close to Jesus. We can speak to him and he to us. This month, we're being very deliberate by giving lots of opportunities to pray together. Please check out the link below to join us if you haven't already. Prayer is our way of talking to God. John Piper puts it like this. Prayer is not designed as an intercom between us and God to serve the domestic comforts of the saints. It's designed as a walkie-talkie for spiritual battlefields. It's the link between active soldiers and their command headquarters with its unlimited firepower and air cover and strategic wisdom. Friends, prayer makes a difference as we spend time in prayer. I promise your relationship with Jesus will go deeper and your faith will grow. People do prayer in different ways. Smith Wigglesworth, an evangelist said this, I never pray more than 15 minutes, but I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. For me, I find it easiest and most focused when I prayer walk. The important thing is that we pray so our relationship with God goes deeper. Remember, we are called to remain in his love. As we spend time with Jesus in prayer, we will journey more and more and understand the deep sense of joy that he gives even when tough stuff happens. Friends, remain in his love. Thirdly, we are called to love. My command is this, love each other as I've commanded you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus shows his ultimate love by laying down his life for those he loves. That's you and me. Paul reminds us of this in Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Betty Stan was a missionary who gave her life to Jesus in 1925. She wrote this. Lord, I give up my own purposes and plans, all my own desires and hopes and ambitions, whether they be fleshly or soulless and expect thy will for my life. I give myself, my life, my all utterly to thee, to be thine forever. I hand over to thy keeping all my friendships, all the people whom I love are to take a second place in my heart. Fill me and seal me with thy Holy Spirit. Work out thy whole will in my life at any cost now and forever. To me to live is Christ, amen. Friends, nine years after making this statement, on the 8th of December 1934, Betty Scott Stamm and her husband in their late 20s calmly and bravely laid down their lives for Christ when they were martyred. Today, in the country she went to, there are over 85 million Christians. Wow! Years ago, the Salvation Army was holding its annual conference. William Booth, its leader at the time, was not well, so he couldn't attend. He sent a one word telegram to you and I an email. It said this, others. Who are the others that you are going to love and show God's love to? Mother Teresa said, open your hearts to the love God instills. God loves you tenderly. What he gives you is not to be kept under lock and key, but to be shared.
In verse 12, we read this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Friends, who are you going to love today? We are called to love. Fourthly, we are called to be fruitful. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Friends, you are chosen. Jesus is speaking to you. He has called you to be fruitful. I'm always encouraged how God takes ordinary people and asks them to do extraordinary things for him. You may feel you just can't do it, but God uses all sorts. Moses stuttered, David's armour didn't fit, John Mark was rejected by Paul, Timothy had ulcers, Hosea's wife was a prostitute, Amos only training was in the school fig of tree pruning, Jacob was a liar, David had an affair, Solomon was too rich, Abraham was too young, David was too young, Peter was afraid of death, Lazarus was dead, John was self-righteous, Naomi was a widow, Paul was a murderer, so was Moses, Jonah ran from God, Miriam was a gossip, Gideon and Thomas both doubted, Jeremiah was a depressive, Elijah was burnt out, John the Baptist was a loudmouth, Martha was a worrier, her sister may have been lazy, Samson had long hair, Noah got drunk, did I mention that Moses had a short fuse? So did Peter, Paul, well lots of people did. You see, God doesn't require you to attend a job interview, friends. He doesn't hire and fire like most bosses. He has chosen you and called you to be fruitful. My prayer is that you will step into all that God has for you, that you will bear fruit for him. In Galatians 5, we read this from the message. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. My dear friends, remember as a follower of Jesus, we are called to grow, we're called to remain, we're called to love, and we are called to be fruitful. And may the power of the Holy Spirit enable you to do this. Amen. Amen. We're now going to spend some time in communion we're going to, so that we can bring ourselves before Jesus so that we can remember all that he did on the cross. Let's just take a few moments of stillness and allow God to speak to us. Maybe there are things you just want to bring to him and lay at the foot of the cross and say sorry for. Let's just do that now. Father God, thank you that we have been able to look at your word and unpack it. Thank you that you forgive us. Where there's stuff in our lives that we've messed up, we can bring it to you and we can lay it at the foot of the cross and you forgive us and you welcome us. Thank you that we can now share this simple meal which shares 
extraordinary events and reminds us of all that you did on the cross for me, for us. Amen. Amen. Let's just look at these, these words together. Words that you will, many of you will know very well. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks for it, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Shall we just pause and pray as we break bread? Father God, thank you for this meal laid before us. And we now receive this bread and remember all that you did on the cross for us. Amen. Let's take and eat this bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Friends, let's remember all that Jesus did for us, that forgiveness that we receive. Father God, thank you that we have been able to share communion together. Thank you that you welcome us. Thank you that you welcome us. I pray for each one of my friends as we step into our weeks that we would flourish, that we would remember, oh, that we would remember that we are called to grow, that we're called to remain, that we're called to love and we're called to be fruitful. And we do all this in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray over you this prayer. I don't know how you're doing. You may be unwell at the moment. You may be struggling with lockdown. May these words, as we finish our time together, this time of communion, may these words, this prayer, rest on you. May the arms of God be around your shoulders, the touch of the Holy Spirit upon your head, the sign of Christ's cross upon your forehead, the sound of the Holy Spirit in your ears, the fragrance of the Holy Spirit in your nostrils, the vision of heaven's company in your eyes, the conversation of heaven's company on your lips, the work of God's church in your hands, the service of God and your neighbour by your feet, a home for God in your heart and to God the Father of all, your entire being. Amen.